You're listening to The Savvy Social Podcast, a weekly show that explores social media marketing strategies that help business owners create connection and build community by focusing on manageable tasks that actually make a difference to your business goals. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to episode number 94 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Traject Social, which is now Social Report. I use them for scheduling, managing, and especially reporting when it comes to all of the things on social media. Their reports are very robust. My clients love them. You can try them out for yourself for free by going to trajectsocial.com. Before we dive into today's guest, how are you guys doing? doing okay? I feel like the world is a little bit crazy right now. Send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to reply to you in a voice message. My Instagram is at onlinedrea. And if you're feeling completely overwhelmed with all things social media, I have released a new series called The Social Media Unwind. You can search for it in your favorite podcast app. Just simply search for Social Media Unwind. And it's a bite-sized mindfulness meditation series for online entrepreneurs and digital content creators. So if you want to understand your relationship with social media or you're just feeling like you need a break, check out that series. Today's guest is the lovely Claire Pelletro. Claire is a Facebook and Instagram ad consultant, teacher, and conversion optimization expert. She spends her days writing about Facebook, Instagram ads, troubleshooting and problems with her students, and managing campaigns for seven and eight figure business owners. She specializes in Facebook and Instagram ads that sell online courses and programs, but she'll happily geek out about all the ways you can test advertising for any type of business. And that's what we talk about in this particular episode. Claire also loves talking about money, profit, loss, the whole shebang. And she asks her guests how much they charge, how much they earn on her show, The Get Paid Podcast. And I was privileged to be a guest on that podcast recently. So head on over to Get Paid Podcast and scroll back a few episodes, look for my name, or you can just search Get Paid Podcast Andrea Jones and that'll pull up my episode. I get really specific about uh, how much I charge and uh, all of that good stuff, the money making side of the business. So check out that episode. In this particular episode today, Claire and I take a deep dive into all things Facebook ads. So Claire shares the easiest type of ads to start with, how to know if you're even ready for ads, how Facebook ads are kind of like Viagra. You you just have to listen to hear it. So let's uh, dive into that interview now. Without further ado, our interview with Claire Pelletrell. Hey, Claire, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've been waiting for this interview for too long. I know we had some scheduling things, but it's been at the top of my list for a while. So thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to pick your brain because I'm a fan and I love everything you do, (laughs) the podcast, your course. So we'll get into all of that. Uh, But I want to start at the beginning of your journey into the world of Facebook ads. How did you even start that journey? Well, it's it's interesting. I was doing work for a startup in Argentina. I used to live in Argentina and um, my boyfriend's friends had this startup and they needed help 
So I was doing like content writing essentially, but they were the people to introduce me to Facebook ads because they started using them to get new users for their app or whatever. Shortly after that, I started working for my husband's startup and I actually had to learn to use ads and, and that's really where I got my feet wet. And it was fascinating because uh, just like all the data you could get about which cat photo actually converted the best, because that's all we used back then. Um, and so I just kind of fell in love. And that just having experience with Facebook ads pretty early on helped me then land a full-time job where I was doing it all the time and spending tons and tons of money and getting to experiment a lot. So that was really my introduction to Facebook ads. So how did you go then from full-time job in Facebook ads to doing your own thing? Well, I started to do my own thing a little bit on the side because I worked for a company that basically taught online business. So that's where I was exposed to this idea of like, oh, you don't need uh, investors and you don't need to be able to program to start a business because that's, I came from the startup world. That's what I thought. Um, So I kind of started freelancing on the side a little bit, uh, but then I was let go of my job as it was transitioning to like a totally different business model. And I just really wasn't a good fit anymore. Um, I didn't see that coming though. So I didn't really have very much in place as like a a cushion or whatever, but I just started, I I looked for another job for about five minutes. And then I said, okay, I actually want to make this online business thing work, work for myself. Um, That that was the one thing about having a full-time job that I didn't love, like the lack of freedom, being, having some hours set by somebody else. So I jumped in and it was really hard. I did not get a million clients right away at all. I wasn't really doing necessarily the right things. Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually, just mostly from word of mouth, but also from some content marketing because I had started blogging about ads. And again, there wasn't that much out there about it. I started to get clients and I eventually launched a course about six months after losing my job. I finally launched my first course. But then I kept doing client work and courses and client work and courses for years. I'm still doing it. Yeah, I like that. Actually, I was talking recently with Tasha from the Launch Guild about how they work so well together because they kind of help with any cash flow issues because you've got both things going on. Oh, yeah. Client work is the best for cash flow. And I had this realization in early 2018 when, I mean, the idea of going back to client work, it felt like a failure right? Like once you're into online courses, if you can't make that work or if you actually still do any implementation, you're less than. Mm. But I have just never had the enormous reach that you really need to have to make income from an online course work. Um, I'm working on that. I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm here trying to grow that reach, et cetera. But, um, I realized like, okay, I want to do a lot of experiments with ads, but I don't want to throw away my salary if it doesn't work. Like literally what I was paying myself. So I took on more client work that year and I made a lot more. I had a lot more freedom because I wasn't so dependent on that launch to please, please, please work. Um, And just kind of, I think being detached from the outcome a little really helped me sell a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So would you consider your business today a freelancer still or an agency or how would you describe yourself? Oh, really good question. So 
At the moment, I only have one client and I actually work with that client through my friend's agency because after my maternity leave, like a number of years ago, I came back and I started working for a friend's agency because I felt a little inept that Facebook had changed so much in those six months that I took off. So anyway, I started working with him and that relationship has just been fantastic. And I have this one unicorn dream client that I've just held on to. And that allows me to continue learning and to be able to turn around and teach others and say, this is what, this is what I just had to do to turn around this launch or, you know, I'm seeing this work or not work. So I love having that hands-on experience still. But last year, the course side of the business grew enough that I was able to let go of my other clients. Will I only have one client for the rest of my business? Mm, I don't know. I go back and forth like, oh, maybe I want another client. Oh, cash flow, you know, like those things. But definitely not an agency because it's just me when it comes to a client's ads. Um, but yeah, I guess mostly like an info product business with just a little bit of hands-on implementation as well. Yeah. Okay. Totally ask that selfishly because I struggle with the labeling of it all too. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, I hadn't thought, I'm not sure anybody's asked me to label it in years. So it's funny though, we did do this rebrand. Um, we finally launched the new site back in the fall, but I was 100% positioned as an agency. I am positioned as a micro agency on my website because, and I certainly struggled with this a little bit, but it does make logical sense that the three kind of segments of my audience that I have, which are people who want to hire me, people who want to learn from me, and people who want to learn to become other ad consultants, that's just the umbrella that makes the most sense. Then I'm a course creator who also does a little bit of ad stuff, you know? Yes, I do know. Yes. And I love that kind of breakdown and I may have to steal that myself at some point. Um, so I want to talk about ads now, but before we get into the specific ad types, because I know you've got a really great breakdown for this, um, I have a question about like pre-ad like thought process. Mm. So I experienced this a lot with some of my clients, some of the students who want to just jumpstart into ads. And I feel like there's some questions I want to ask them before they start ads, but I'm not sure exactly how to probe them to do that. So can you give us some guidelines? Like what should we think about before we even start like putting money into the Facebook machine? How do we know if we're ready for that? Ooh, that is a great question. And you know, I used to be of the opinion that you should only spend money on ads when you were already making money in your business, when you were already like successful, you had uh, product market fit. And I still, I think in most cases, that's what I recommend. I was talking to a number of people recently who are thinking about joining my course and they, it seemed like it was almost a, a band-aid for the, I can't get, I don't know how to get clients. Mm. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. If you, you know, really aren't, if you're not closing these sales calls that you're having, you know, there might be a messaging issue or might be a pain point thing that you haven't identified. Ads aren't really going to fix that. I actually say that Facebook ads are like Viagra. So they're definitely going to give you a lift, but they're not going to make you good in bed. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dying. That's hilarious. And so accurate. Very good. I love it. 
Thank you. Here's the caveat to that. There are two types of, of spending. You either spend money on ads and get data about like what people want. If people are interested in you or not, does that opt-in actually appeal to a very wide audience that hasn't heard of you before? Or you spend time finding that out, right? Time is free, kind of. But like, you know, especially somebody like myself, when I was just starting out, I had lost my job and I certainly didn't have a lot of money. I could spend time learning those things. But that could be a really long time. I mean, I've seen people put together opt-ins because a coach really helped them through a really long process, but on a massive scale, which is what I want. I want my business to be known on a massive scale and that's going to require ads. Sometimes the opt-in is just not of interest to people who haven't heard of you before. So you can maybe lose money or you can maybe lose a lot of time. So if you have the money to spend to get that data really fast, great. But realize that you might be spending it just to get the data and not to get results. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to make because I think a lot of people approach ads with like this money printing. It's a money printing machine. You you put in a dollar, it spits out $2 kind of thing. And that's not always the case with ads. Uh, So I really appreciate that. Um, Okay, so let's talk about different ad types. And I know you have an entire uh, webinar about this. So we're not going to go into it too in depth, but can you give us one or two different ad types that are really great for beginners to just get started with? Sure. Most of my students start with list building ads, and that's just an ad for your freebie. People give up their email address in exchange for it. And then you probably sell to them via email marketing. The good thing about list building ads is that you can grow your list and get data at the same time right? Um, so maybe your cost per lead the very first time you run an ad will be $1.50. That's amazing. Maybe it'll be more like five to 10. And so that's when you have to figure out like, oh, does my offering, the price of my offering, does it support this kind of cost per lead? Like if I need 50 leads before I make a sale, which would be a 2% conversion rate, um, well, how much am I going to pay to get 50? Is that going to break even or not? And even a 2% conversion rate from cold Facebook ad traffic would be amazing. So keep that in mind. Um, but I really, it's, it's crazy how many people come into my course and just start out with really low cost per leads. I don't get those cost per leads, Andrea, like not at all. Facebook ads are, it's expensive to advertise in that niche. But some people, I will never forget the... Um, opt-in about how to set up your morning routine, which is something I simply don't care about. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is going to be really hard. It was the best result I had seen in ages. So it just kind of depends on what you're putting out there. The other one, which is actually easier to set up because you don't have to worry about conversion tracking, but um, it's mostly about kind of getting data and starting to connect with your audience is what I call a content awareness ad. And a perfect example of that is simply like a Facebook Live or a pre-recorded video that you show to cold audiences. And there you can actually see what percent of your video people are watching, not individuals, but oh, okay, um, 400 people saw this saw 20% of this video and then 300 
people saw 50, et cetera, et cetera. And what's cool is that you can compare. So if you run one ad to one audience with video one, and then to the same audience, week two, you do video two, you have data that's very interesting about which topic was more interesting to people or more, I mean, just at least uh, got people to stick around longer. So I, I really recommend one, starting with one of those two, the list building ad or the content awareness ad, but both of those are going to cold audiences, which means these are people who are, have not engaged with your brand. They're not already on your list or, you know, following you on social. Yeah. Oh, okay. I feel like that's a really good, easy place to start, actually, um, and really consumable. So thank you for that. Um, for You mentioned data, and I love digging into the numbers. It's like my favorite part of what we do. Uh, but there's one industry that makes this very challenging, and it's my podcasters out there. Oh, yeah. So... What do we do when we have a podcast, we want to run Facebook ads, like what's a tip or two you can share with us for how we can at least leverage this amazing tool that we have at our disposal and uh, actually get some listeners? Okay. So yeah, I also have a podcast and it is so hard to track downloads or like ongoing listenership because that's really what we want, right? From a Facebook ad. But here's what I do. And I actually also go into detail about this in that webinar and I show like how much I spent and how much I made and blah, 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 because I was able to track that. Um, So I, on my podcast, I have advertisements for my own opt-ins, right? Every episode, it kind of switches it up. I usually... Uh, have two or three in rotation. So I run what are something that's called a carousel ad, which is just like their square images that you can kind of scroll through both on Facebook and on Instagram. And each carousel card, as it's called, is a different episode. So it has a different guest. It has different text. The link goes to a different page on my site. I'm not sending people to iTunes or Spotify because it's less trackable. I mean, it's still not very trackable, um, but also I like the ability to retarget people who have visited my site. So I'll have like six different episodes that I'm promoting in one ad and people, it's what I call the choose your own adventure ad. People can scroll through and pick whatever episode they like the most. Then I know that some of those people, I don't know how many, but some of them are listening because I can actually track the opt-ins to those lead magnets that came from the ad, even though it could be, well, it has to be within 28 days, but even though somebody could click on the ad, start listening to an episode, maybe binge listen, and on day 27 opt-in for my webinar, I can track that. And then if they buy from the webinar... I can track that too. So I mostly break even on those ads because it takes me a ton of clicks in order to eventually get to that sale because we're talking about a funnel here. We're talking about people going over to the page. Some of them listen, some of them opt in, some of them buy, get smaller and smaller and smaller, but it still helps me grow my podcast for free, essentially. But in order to do that, you need to have those opt-in advertisements on your podcast. You can't do that if you have other sponsors. 
Yeah, that does make it a little more challenging. Um, I love that because I think that there's something you tuned into there, which is um, having almost like a business mindset to the podcast. So the podcast isn't the end destination, it's part of the journey. And so I really like that approach. And I think the podcasters listening will appreciate that as well. Um, so you talked about tracking and, and we've talked, been talking about ads. Do you have any uh, tools that you recommend for people as they're getting started with ads or tracking some of these things? All of that tracking I talked about happens inside the ads manager. So I'm not using anything fancy. I mean, I have different tools to set up like my funnel and obviously my opt-in and, and all that jazz. But, um, but in terms of the tracking, Everything that I'm looking at is in the ads manager and all of that is free. I mean, you pay for the ads, but that's it. Yeah. And I mean, they keep changing it on us, but I feel like some of the recent changes have actually made it easier to navigate. <laughs> oh, I'm really glad you say that. I um, Sometimes every time they come out with a different interface update, which is really only like once every two years or so, I get lost. And I go in between, because even now you can switch between the old and the new. Apparently, they rolled out this new thing right before my last launch, a new interface. I updated the course at a frantic pace, but I think there was so much backlash that they didn't roll it out for most people. Most of my students have the old version and the course no longer has the old version. So, Oh yeah. I deal with that too with the, my Instagram course. It's like they keep moving things around. So I'm like, here's how you find your insights, but that's mm -hmm. not how you find them anymore. So I'm going to try to change it, but only for half of you because the other half of you have it the other way. <laughs> Do you sometimes regret having built a like platform-based business? Well, yes and no. So I do, I focus on organic social. So it, I do have a little flexibility there. And then that's why I built the membership site. So we're constantly updating it anyway. So for me, I go, okay, this is part of your membership is that you get the updates. I feel like I wish I would have gone into like email marketing or something where like, it's the same. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Like, well, the strategy is, but then, I mean, I know plenty of people who have dealt with Gmail stuff uh, and yeah, big change or ConvertKit. You know, there are lots of people, when a new tool comes out, people can make big bucks teaching it, but yeah. then keeping it up to date. It's tough. Sorry, it's our cross to bear. <laughs> um, so for those people who maybe have been doing ads for a while and they're looking to go into doing it for clients, I know we have some people who are VAs who listen to the podcast, other social media managers, um, and I know that's, that's part of what you do. Um, so do you have any recommendations or maybe some cautionary tales before diving into client work for ads? Well, the number one way that a is that somebody who's running ads for a client can get into trouble is not setting clear client expectations. I actually have a video on this on Facebook. It's just it's a live that I did totally free um, about why why client expectation setting is so important and actually like how to do it. But um People get very excited about the possibility of Facebook ads. And I know that there are a lot of like the bigger coaches who will just kind of say, okay, here's what you're going to do. And then you're going to drop a few grand on Facebook ads, but they don't 
they don't set anyone's expectations. Um, maybe their own expectations are a little off, <laughs> but um, people can come with, yeah, like exactly what you said, this idea of putting in a dollar and getting two back every time. And that just isn't always the case. Like I'm very upfront about how uh, difficult it is to get my own ads to break even because of how expensive it is to target my particular niche. Other people might have a cheap niche, but they don't have the systems in place or like a, a good, good enough conversion rate to actually make the sale because getting signups is different from getting the sale. Um, so we have, like I, I teach in the program where I teach ad consultants or like a lot of VAs who are starting to become ad consultants, I give them a spreadsheet calculator to walk their clients through on the call, on the initial call so that all expectations are very clear from the get-go. A lot of people see, oh, I probably won't make money back from this if I have to pay you. Mm -hmm. and, and so even if you don't end up closing the client, people are typically very like grateful mm -hmm. that they had, that you like opened their eyes and then they will refer you other clients whenever their friends need somebody. Yeah, it seems to fall very much in line with kind of the theme of this episode, which is just really setting realistic expectations for ads. I feel like, you know, we all think it's still like the 2009 version of Facebook or whatever, when it was like the wild, wild west. And it's just not like that anymore. Um, and we have to be strategic. And even just thinking from a consumer's perspective, we're, we're more savvy consumers. Like even when we purchase things from Facebook ads, we look into it a little bit more. So then back when it was just this magical new thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I really like that you've kind of touched on that several times. Uh, before I let you go, do you have any like final words of advice for those people thinking about starting Facebook ads or thinking about turning it into a service? Well, for people who are, you know, thinking of getting started, I, I recommend that you do it with some kind of support, be that like a friend who has done it before, who can maybe walk you through setting up a campaign. There are unfortunately a lot of ways to throw away money. So I think like the one caution that I can point out is make sure you're choosing the right objective. Um, and that comes like if you're doing a list building campaign, do not choose a traffic objective or a page post engagement objective. Make sure you choose conversions and then you get your conversion tracking set up. We just published a bunch of videos on YouTube for free all about conversion tracking. Um, so I highly recommend that before you spend a dime, you watch those or some others just to make sure your conversion tracking is in place. Um, you could always join our course as well. Would love to have you just, you know, Andrea's in there and yes. we can, we can make sure your conversion tracking is set up correctly. That's something we do. Do you just post your link? I will say to interject that I've taken several Facebook ads courses. Over really? Yes. Yeah, why? Several. Why did you buy another one? Okay. I'm this glad. Is, this but. is part of my own personal battle with ads, but my brain just doesn't like doing ads. That's what mm -hmm. I've decided. Um, your course made the most sense for me, for my brain, um, where I could actually, like I did a recent challenge and I actually set up my campaign properly, uh, which was exciting for me <laughs> because I 
for some reason don't connect, even though I create a lot of videos, I love how you have your course broken down where I can just easily find screenshots and skim for where I need to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I really like that. So I will say this, um, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about starting ads, you have to try Claire's course. I'm going to give my personal stamp of approval and I'm going to put my link in the show notes if you guys want to try it out um, because it's fantastic. Okay. You can go back to what you're saying. Great. No, hey, terrific. We love having you and congrats on those challenge ads. Um, so yeah, make sure you go slowly if you have to, you know, it can be a little bit daunting in there, but definitely you want to make sure that conversion tracking stuff is uh, is in place. If you're if you want to get started as a as an ad consultant, um, that can also be daunting because you are spending somebody else's money. So um, I have this this training where it's it's called the on demand no the in demand ad consultant, and it's just about like kind of pricing yourself in the beginning and what you really what you should be looking for in clients so that, and setting those expectations. Um, we can throw the link in that. That actually has a pitch to absolute FB ads as well for people who are really still beginners because that's another great course. If you want to run ads for clients, but you aren't a hot, you know, you're not super experienced, but, um, but I would say just the content of that, um, you know, skipping over the pitch part is really good for, for beginner ad consultants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. And yeah, I did. Uh, we have an ad consultant on our team who we hired because she took your course first. Oh, so. cool. <laughs> it's like a pre-course for us. Like, okay, good. We know you know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, awesome. Thank you, Claire. I feel like this episode is just stuffed full of amazing tips and tricks. Uh, where else can people find you online? Where do you like to hang out? Well, uh, I hang out on my podcast, if you will, like that's really going to be the best place. We don't talk a ton about ads. I got to actually fit that in a little bit more to the conversations. I forget. I ask about, you know, how much money do you make and how do you do it? And what, what do you charge for your services and things like that? Um, and those conversations are so much fun and sometimes really serious and, but, uh, it's a great show. So it's called the get paid podcast. You can open up your, your podcast app right now or you're listening to us and and find it there. Awesome. Yeah. And I love that show too. Definitely check it out. Um, My favorite episodes would be Brooke Castillo and Jasmine Starr. So check out those. Oh, those are two powerhouse episodes. You know, I also run ads directly to the Brooke Castillo episode and that gives me a pretty nice return because she, yeah, I guess people get hooked on that episode and then they listen more. and, And she also talks about like, why would you, what is the expression she uses? If instead of planting a rice field, go buy some rice from the supermarket. That's how she feels about Facebook ads. Yeah. And that like organic stuff is planting the rice field, but you do organic. So I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> yes. Well, some of us need rice fields because we've got a lot of time and some of us yeah. have the money to do the ads. So that's true. <laughs> that's exactly the case. It does. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Claire. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and additional resources, visit our website, SavvySocialPodcast.com. And before you go, I want to invite you to access our free course. Yes, 100% free. It's the best way to jumpstart your social media strategy this year. You can find it at OnlineDrea.com slash free. That's all for this week. Bye for now.